Hey, greetings, fellow slingers. It's your trusted handler, Brian, and welcome you once again to the Digital Rage Room. Episode 6 of our Convergence run-through, Players Insights. I got some good news and I got some bad news. The bad news, this episode is a two-parter. The good news, both parts are part of the same episode. <laughs> Almost got you. So remember, when the first part's done, just keep on listening. Second part will fire up. Why not? Why not make it one episode? Well, you'll understand when you actually start listening, because when we were due to record on our regular scheduled evening, we weren't able to get all the uh, the hard slingers of yore behind their digital rage room, their, their virtual eye of destiny, so we could all rage on for you guys. So what I decided to do was do a little episode where you get both teams, you get Agent Rice and, and Coldwell together, and they kind of talk about their investigative procedures and how they're coming along with the AP. And then later on in the week, I got together with Agent Adesso and Kimura, and we talked about their insights into how they're going about their investigation for this AP too. And it was just kind of fun. So we were still able to bring something to all of you fellow slingers out there. Remember, you can follow us on YouTube over at World Hard 20 and be sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss when we drop an episode and leave us a comment. I reply to all comments. Same thing goes for emailing me over at rollhard 20 podcast at gmail.com. I reply to all emails there as well. And if you're following us on one of the infamous podcast apps that seem to be out there in the wild, because we're on all of them, major and minor, Leave us that five-star rating and review if you would, please. It really does help the show. So let's uh, let's stop wasting some time here. Not that we're wasting time. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's uh, warm up our dice and top off our glasses. Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents Episode 6 of our Delta Green Scenario Convergence. Players Insights. investigation is bullshit or we're just talking bullshit <laughs> you can say it however you want to say it i think that your method of investigation is uh it's very impressive chris eh. you too junior you're, you're his method of investigation is impressive your method of interrogation is yeah. very impressive <laughs> let's get that two things straight Dude, right. the interrogation's great with oh man that's that guy that's amazing handcuff when he ran away from us oh. i was like holy fucking shit i was like that's right i should have fucking handcuffed him to like something the well, best let me, part let me though us, hang on let me lead us okay. in and we'll go from there okay okay greetings fellow slingers welcome back to world of hard 20 podcast is uh, your trusted handler brian with me my hard slingers of your half group <laughs> Half, yeah, half yeah. <laughs> hey, we, got, we got junior we got chris and uh we're gonna hit up tone and sam on another episode because they're both out of town and so they can't get to their to their respective computers so basically we're just going to talk about the our convergence ap and what what the agents are doing on their end and it's kind of good that these two guys are together and sam and tone will be together because right now both uh, all four of the agents are split up into two pairs so what were you saying junior sorry just Oh, our whole situation with Todd. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's one slippery weasel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I really enjoy playing Todd. Todd's a, a, a fun guy. So 
you you play uh you play him well <laughs> for the setting for the setting that he is in i uh i was looking at some of our reviews and actually th- this this review comes from gosh i don't know what was it? it was six months ago so whenever that falls in the under the the time frame of around christmas time i, I just got to put this out there because i showed sam when he came out and we had sushi that that was it like a week and a half ago and this was the review uh this show is not for me their production quality is quite good excepting internet delays but i don't enjoy the dm's dick and fuck based bro humor i'm not saying he's problematic he sounds reasonable and thoughtful but the humor and tenor is overly misogynistic so that's a pass for me and that was on podcast addict uh, i didn't realize we were there so oh, i guess that's cool. another platform for you to find us on <laughs> but at least he left us a three-star review out of five so i guess oh yeah and like he left a comment so yeah i appreciate it well <laughs> thank you sterling vix for your hmm three-star review <laughs> i just want to put that out there so watch your dick and butt joke humor <laughs> that's all i got though that's, <laughs> yeah, that's full of. That it's and gonna be a, jokes. <laughs> could be a pretty small uh venue tonight um but yeah uh right now watching the way you guys have gone into the allen residence and interviewed jamie and todd allen and then it went from an interview to an interrogation and investigation that was uh over the whole ap though how did how have you felt uh, the development of it as you guys first got on the scene at the fbi office in knoxville um i know for rice he he's expecting this to be more fluid like his investigations don't typically fall into this that he's got to interrogate people and really deep dive into what their motives are so this is a little different for him that's because he's dea though right he's atf oh atf well maybe he should go dea (laughs) (laughs) because his stuff is very cut and dry right it's it's very cut and dry and this isn't typically his like cup of tea of investigation now back during gaslight did he have to interview anybody during that time i don't i'd have to look listen back to it but i don't i don't know if he ever did that no, so. I, I don't recall him ever doing that. I remember him breaking into a truck in front of the uh, the Chick-fil-A or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like he was taking a nap. and <laughs> Yeah, and then being uh, confronted by two individuals, but that really wasn't an interrogation. But uh, What no, about Agent it, Coldwell? Has, you know, how's, how's his uh, view with the whole start of the AP and doing the, finding yourself in Groversville? Well, finding ourselves in Groveville is kind of a weird place. It kind of reminds him back in his area, you know, back home with the mining and everything. But he, he's doing fine. I mean, the interrogation portion, I mean, he's been doing some interrogation work before, especially on this his most recent cases. Uh, that's why he's more not hot-headed, but quicker to churn to, you know, aggression. In a way, he's kind of dealt with a lot of small fish to kind of reel out bigger fish. So he's kind of trying to use the same tactics with Todd. Maybe we could shake him up, get some bit more information out of him. Yeah. Now, as you as a player, Junior, you're like, you really taken this like an active 
role in what you're doing at, at this Allen house. I think that's really cool because I know sometimes you would sit back and kind of watch like when Radke was, was doing deep waters with you, he seemed to be like, a, you know, talking a lot and doing a lot of stuff too. And you were kind of like, okay, let's see where this goes. And then interjecting here and there. But I mean, you've really, as a player, just <sighs> focus fired in. It reminds me a lot of Rafu. Back yeah, the, Rafu. Yeah. <laughs> He was one hell of a player or character to play. He was a madman too. Though. Yeah, he was very uh, forward, very aggressive in in his decisive decision making. So, and I, I know. Think, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, Chris. I know that Sam had mentioned that when uh, you were going through and going through Jane Allen's bedroom, and you were checking under the bed, you were checking, you know, all the drawers, pulling the drawers out, checking in the closet, checking above the closet. And doing all these things, I remember he was saying, man, he, Chris isn't leaving nothing unturned here. And then when it paid off, he was like, I guess it worked out. <laughs> you know, he was, <laughs> he was shocked that it actually came to fruition. So, yeah, I think for Rice, he, his career and his interaction with criminals is that everybody's a suspect in his life. Every interaction he has is he looks at everybody as a suspect. And furthermore, he looks at that everybody's lying. So rather than take anybody for their word, he's going to do his own, you know, deeper dive, you know, analysis investigation to uncover the truth or details of information that he might be able to use um, in a case or against, um, you know, a suspected criminal. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like when we did our prologues for for this AP you get a little flavor of of the characters, but how they get brought into this mission. Not so much about their backstory. You don't really understand that. You know, Agent Coldwell, he's been working down in uh, New Mexico doing these things and trying to run the cartels and stuff. You don't realize that Rice views everybody as a suspect. You don't know what Odesso has been doing or, or how each is suffering from something inside until it starts playing out over the course of the AP. Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're thrust, the agents are thrust into situations where it, it triggers that I don't want to use this word I'm trying to think of a trauma. I was gonna say something else, but it 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 triggers a trauma that they may have experienced in their life that they just can't get over. And they, they continue to do these things that, that may not necessarily be viewed by others as traditional or accepted, but that's the way that they feel comfortable operating. And it eventually it makes the fellow agents bonds of that, of you. You know, so as you start going through more and more scenarios or have, have tighter instances with one another, you start to develop a bond with Agent Coldwell, and he develops one with Agent Kimura and, and Odesso and everybody else. And then as you have to start burning your bonds back home, you still maintain some form of, of what you got by having the bonds with the fellow agents, which don't get broke, by the way. Those are like the, I think the bonds that they say cannot be broken. I'd have to look at the rules, but last time I, I saw them, I could have swore that they said that those particular bonds cannot be you can't burn you can't burn them so i would imagine you wouldn't you know because who better to understand you than someone else that's seen all the weird 
you know, unbelievable, undescribable things that you have as well. Yeah, it's kind of neat that as your character gets to a point where he becomes unrelatable to the people around you, the only the only other people he can talk to about this shit are the people that just went through it with you. Now, I could imagine that if your partner dies or something happens to say Agent Rice or Kimura or whatever, you know, how that might affect the, the overall sanity of that of your particular agent or vice versa. Like if Agent Cola goes down in the middle of something and Rice is left behind, like, fuck, man, this is like the only guy that I could have that could have related to what I'm going through right now. I can't, I don't even have the option of calling him if I need to speak to somebody in the middle of the night of the middle of the week. So, well, and the agent in, in that circumstance, the agent, they, they need to be able to, to process what they've seen amongst each other. And in, to your point, if something was to happen to Caldwell, you know, rice doesn't have anybody else. Um, he's got to push that down. He's got to push it down, push it down, because he's got a job to do, not just in his normal day-to-day -day ATF duties, but including any other Delta Green, um, you know, missions. But there's a point where that bubbles over. You can only push it down for so long, and something's yeah. going to happen where it pushes him over the edge. And then at that point, you wonder if that agent would actually become the mission. Um, yeah. yeah, I think. Um, you know, when we ran Gaslight. Yes. That guy was, yes. you know, he... I was going to go with that too. Randall yeah. Schaefer. Yeah, when Schaefer. He, yep. Yeah, Doc Rondall. He uh, he just started to see too much, and he was a great asset that went from friendly to agent. And some shit just went down, and he just he flipped his lid. He's like, that's it. I'm out of here. And he took the stuff that he needed to... Ups to he absconded with the stuff that would help him disappear. Unfortunately, he uh, he tapped into some dark forces, which kept him on the radar. And they just didn't want him out there. And that was part of the whole title of Gaslight was how you guys were brought onto the scene as far as him having personal documents on each agent. So yeah, I I was I was thinking about our first interaction that when we pulled up to uh, the Allen house and, and Caldwell's like, Hey, I'm going to go in good cop. And it was, <laughs> it like, it was total opposite. It's like it flipped. I'm like, okay, well I'll be bad cop. And then very quickly Caldwell was like, ah, oh, forget this. Good cop's not going to work or I don't care to do it. <laughs> it went right out it, the window. He went right it, in. It, it, it allowed, an opportunity if a, an opportunity presented itself i mean as agents we hear yelling and fighting and as tom comes out i mean it was more than perfect that to go in and be like hey this is a domestic dispute like you know that gives us reason to go into the house without any probable cause or you know that is our probable cause go into the house and ask our questions yeah i never had and I hadn't, I didn't understand until you just said it of, of why you changed your, your method. That was my method. Yeah. That was the only reason I switched it because since they were yelling at each other and arguing and he ran out or not ran out the door, we ran into each other at the front door. Mm -hmm. I think a proper 
officer response would have been like, whoa, hey, buddy, like, you know, pump the brakes. Like, what's going on here? And so that that's was why perfect, too. The way that when he would, you could hear them yelling at each other, you know, through this vinyl siding. And eventually he opens up the door and he's standing there ready to, he doesn't even, he's just, what the fuck? You know, all of a sudden he sees two strangers standing on his porch and you're just like, he goes to push past you and you did like this move on him and, you know, knocked him back onto the floor and you're like, just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> stay put, boy. Yep. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting location we're in too, because it's, it's a little more rural and we could probably get away with a little bit more in that rural setting than we could if we were in kind of a more urban area. Oh, like, definitely. Like, like where Caldwell Sam and Tony are at, they're, they're in a more uh, urban area. You wouldn't have been yeah. able to get away with some of the stuff that you did there. Yeah, I mean, Caldwell and Rice could have really ratcheted up the their behavior in this setting, but at the sake of, you know, something violent that would impact our sanity. Well, we, we were talking about, before we, we before you jumped on, Junior, Chris and I were talking about how when you guys found the 45 with the serial number ground off, first thing Tony says is, oh, somebody's going to commit suicide. And that, it's funny <laughs> how that's where his mind immediately goes to. But, Chris, you were saying that, it rightfully so, that if you guys did put that on, on him like that, you guys would take sanity damage, period. Uh, but you'd also have to remember that Jamie saw you guys are the last two people that saw her husband with, and he was very much alive. He may have been uh, handcuffed on the floor, but when she left, the three of you were all still alive. So that would just open up a whole. That's why we would leave a, a, a letter. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you gotta, you gotta leave a letter. The two feds convinced me. You know, I'm sorry, I couldn't take it, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fine line, though. I mean, we really playing these agents we really have to it, it, to some degree we get to you know freelance how we think um you know somebody may react behave or or do something in that moment that's easy you know you think of it like a movie like oh man this is like a movie i could just like pistol whip the guy or kill him and we just go about our way but no we have to play it like this is real life for these agents and that our actions have consequences, not just to ourselves, but perhaps to the investigation, the other agents, you know, and, and things that are happening around us that could influence or, or change the direction that we well, all have to operate in. Think, think of it like this. Remember what your mission is and is this individual your mission or, and if killing will killing him help the mission or will it actually start to pull it down you know will it will it be more of a detriment to your mission to kill this guy because then you'd get embroiled in a uh in an investigation yeah. you know the murder of this guy you really don't need that i mean you might be able to hide it off for a while but eventually it's going to come back down that hey these two guys were the last two with them and it, even though it says suicide okay let's bring them in let's uh you know sheriff oakley's probably going to want to have a talk with you he's going to want to contact your superiors and oh look, you're with the ATF and you're with the U.S. Marshals. You guys aren't even FBI. 
you know, then things start spiraling like that. Well, bring your other two boys in here. Let's see who they are. And then put you all four on ice and find out what's going on. And then the whole thing might just start. Then it might just be a shooting your way out of the <laughs> out of the jailhouse, you know, which would be interesting. Yeah, we yeah, don't want the additional unwanted attention. Yeah, it's interesting for Rice, having never met Caldwell, to, to you know, kind of have those two agents work together and um, develop a rapport. It's like, you know, we've been kind of thrust into this, this investigation without a whole lot of opportunity to kind of get to know each other. So it's it's been interesting for me playing Rice of like, well, how do I interwork that? You know that the the communication and establishing a bond or relationship with caldwell well the the good thing is that we're both agents in i mean we have similar practices similar things in common i mean that that's probably caldwell he works with a lot of different agencies so he's he's very fluid with who he works i think he just likes to keep his pers- his his style but he's very lenient on how he operates now, d- didn't um, Caldwell knows uh, Kimura and um, uh, Odessa. Odessa? Odessa? Does he know them from a previous mission, though? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, you know, Rice's kind of fourth wheel here is that at least you guys, uh, it's like he he's like trying to find his way, you know, of interaction where he doesn't come off. Um, Maybe it's about being accepted, right? So it'll be interesting once we all four get back together or, you know, the whole team and see how that interaction, you know, continues. But to think with uh, Adesso and Kimura and Coldwell, they were all together at the very beginning. And technically it was a, a few years ago, like eight or nine years ago that they did their first mission and then they hadn't mm-hmm. seen him since. And oh, then okay. after the deep waters incident with the whole discovery and the loss and everything, Coldwell kind of dropped off the radar for a while. And that's when he really got focused in on his work. Cause didn't you say that he was kind of damaged after that? He just didn't really have much yeah. to care after that. So even they're having to relearn him again and determine where he's coming from. I don't want to speak for those two guys because Obviously, they're not here right now, and I'm sure that their agents have their own thoughts and stuff. But that, that was what my takeaway was watching the interaction between all four of you. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the um, the four agents establish um, connections and a relationship, you know, for you know potentially f- other missions that they all are on again later. Yeah, if they survive. <laughs> so far nice. we so far we have somebody that may not be surviving <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Odesso needs some medical assistance stat yeah that was um, that, <laughs> I mean obviously we weren't there you know Caldwell and I so we don't even know what happened so for us to even really speak to what happened is kind of premature at this point oh but we'll have an interest a very interesting uh exchange once we do meet meet up with each other because i mean what we went through and i can only imagine what when they went through we're gonna need a lot of time to you know swap back and forth of the information we have 
Yeah, and once you start comparing your notes at the, I don't know if you're going to do it at the uh, Country Bunkin, Bunker, whatever that place was called. Merle's Country Bunker. <laughs> you know, when you Fucking get yourself Merle. a fat and juicy there. Um, or if you're going to wait until you guys get to the sh- to the shut-eye or not. So, Yeah, I'm... Caldwell is is cautiously observing um, what's happening around him because I think we're going to have a confrontation with Oakley at some point. Well, he did advise you guys that there was really nothing in Groversville that warranted an investigation, certainly not outside of the investigation he'd already conducted and determined that Billy Ray whatever he did was on his own, that there were no drugs involved or any of that other bullshit angle that you guys are trying to, trying to peddle his way. And he, in so many words really just said, okay, once you guys are done, you'll see nothing's going on. Go get a steak, stay the night and let me know in the morning when you're blowing out. So I could make sure I see you guys right to the border of Groversville and send you packing. It's like that scene in Rambo when that, he's walking exactly, through the town. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when I when I was putting that together. Is you got Sheriff Teasel picks up fucking John Jay and drives him right out of town, deposits him, turns around, you know, and then he sees him in the rearview mirror. He's like, "That son of a bitch." Yeah, it's it's definitely he's hiding something. Definitely hiding something. Possibly, who knows? I mean. Like I said, I've taken a few liberties with the AP, so I don't think anybody, anyone else's convergence AP will be the same as this one. In fact, Chris, you you said that you'd seen the uh, message on YouTube that somebody had written in a comment saying that they wanted to, that he he had finished running it as well and that he wanted to uh, compare notes. Donnie Cornwell. I said, you bet. Let me know and I'll, you know, reach out to me and... We'll get together and we'll compare some of our AP notes because I'm kind of curious how he did his as well. Because I'm sure that some of the stuff that's in ours, it's not even in the book. I already know that. So, I'd be interested to to um, what was that? Um, do you know if that commenter had his own podcast or are they just running a normal local table? Or I don't know. I I didn't really research him beyond just seeing the comment. When I was posting the show the other day, I was like, oh, somebody left a comment. And I just, I just said, yeah, you bet. Reach out to me. We'll we'll get together and I'll shoot you some of my notes or whatever. Be interesting to see uh, what his comments are. Yeah, if he if he's ran the show, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd like to listen to it, too. Or maybe after, after we're a few more episodes into it, though, because I don't want anybody else bleeding off into my ear in the sense that I don't want to jump on anybody else's toes. And I don't want to be influenced in the direction I take what we do here too. Because the way, I don't know if I want to tell you guys this, but there's like a lot of things that we've already done that's not in the book that I like. So, <laughs> Like pistol whipping people? Yeah, that that's, that's not in there too, but <laughs> it can be. We can put that on the back end. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time so far running this. I know that after this, we're going to do lot 27 which was originally auction 127 it's it's lot 27 um but i've been working on that as well and that's coming along so i figured in about another two weeks it should be completely done so we'll be having that up and ready 
And it seems like we get a lot of good traffic off our homebrew stuff. Good. So, yeah, I like opportunity to be most creative. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just it kicks open the doors on everything, and I don't have to be worrying about looking through stuff because it's already up here. We could just let it ride. Sometimes I feel like when I'm running a published adventure that if somebody's asking me a question, I feel like I need to know the answer. So I, without jumping on it right away, I want to look it up really quick. And then sometimes I'll just have to wing it and correct it on the back end and make sure it wasn't mentioned someplace else. But with our own homebrew, yeah, I like doing that. We still you know, catch every, off guard every once in a while. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, that's half the bloopers on the back end of this thing. It's like, oh, yeah, look, he can't figure it out. Look at him. We're going to go pee again. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, looking at your um, the poster behind you, Brian, the thing, have you ever thought of, or is there, is there a Delta Green AP that is similar to something like the thing? I think there's two of them. I think Lover in the Ice is similar to that. Uh, I will probably run it at some point, so I don't want to talk too much about it. And I think that, gosh, I could be wrong, but I think Extremophilia is similar to that. And I was preparing to do that one, and we ran Sweetness instead. In fact, I was reading it when I was on my way to visit you and your dad when I was still in California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had taken it with me. So, you know, if I was stuck in traffic or whatever, I could kind of look down and make a few scribble notes or whatever. What well, I posted on our, in the region I mentioned, the thing is the movie's awesome. You know, the oh, yeah. original is fantastic. In fact, I, I think I want to watch that tonight now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was curious if there was something like that for Delta Green because it's so much in the flavor of, of Cthulhu. Um, yeah, definitely uh, a vein of that. I had posted that uh, on our Discord, the Delta Green Scenario database. Yeah, you know what? I need to look at that again and go through some of that. Yeah, because there's a bunch of cool stuff in there that we could get you know, ideas for future, future shows. Yeah, I would like to see that. I don't know what the website of that was, but I did. I think I saved... The web be on our address. No, it's not too far. Oh, there it is. That's right. I put it up. Uh, I didn't pin it or are all pin it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like these. These are, um, it's for us, it's a nice departure from, um, you know, the fantasy you realm know of. I did see that. Okay. Yeah. This is really cool. I, you know, somewhere along the line, I came across this too. And I think that I saved it somewhere. But yeah, I, I, I really like this also. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the Delta Green stuff. It is still fantasy to a degree, but it's like real world where I think us as players can connect a little bit more with the the characters that we're playing because it's in a more uh, real world type of scenario. And it's more and tangible it, too. It is for me. It seems more world, believable. Yeah seems more believable the way that the agents are interacting and how they're communicating. I don't know. That's, that's for me though. No, and I get it. I know Sam, he really likes the fantasy and obviously it's, that's his type of art and whatnot. So I always want to make sure that we can get back to the DNB, to the TND or to the Pathfinder or the basic fantasy or, or any of one of those other uh, systems that they have out there 
dungeon crawl classics, whatever, you know, but we'll do that more in smaller uh, bites than what we were doing before. I don't want to run another 66 episode season again. Ugh. You know, that was uh, Dragon's Demand was a great AP, but man, it just went long. <laughs> and it, it also didn't help. You know, I, I know like when we were on our final lap, I was feeling exhausted from doing it. And I think it's because we had lost Koosh during it. We had, yeah. you know, we Nick had gone away. Uh, we took on David. Uh, Ryan was gone. But I just, I don't like people. I don't like it when, <laughs> that sounds wrong. I don't like people. No, I, I prefer to have everybody there from start to finish. And I think that, you know, it's, we do have a fluid roster of hosts on the show, which I hope to think that we don't have that any longer. Now with the all five of us on here, the way we've got it, this, I know I said it before, but this is gold. I couldn't ask for four better players on the other side of the screen than this. So, yeah, no, it's, that's awesome. I'm <clears throat> so far. I'm really enjoying the uh, convergence AP. I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes. Oh, where I was going with this. I'm sorry to kind of digress there, but I know <laughs> Tony really likes this system as well. Somebody somebody just texted me. I got to clear out the text. Otherwise it's going to keep going again. Um, He's I'll, t I'll have to say this for Tony. This is like his jam. Yeah. Well, you know, doing what he does for a living, he deals with criminals all the time. So I think I mentioned before that when, when he's playing opposite me and it's, I feel the heat, man. <laughs> I really feel the heat. Such as question, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, oh my gosh, but uh, yeah, I said it a couple times. This is easily my favorite system. I just like with you, Chris. It lends a sense of credibility to to a tangible reality that we have. You know, obviously, we don't have things blowing out of people's chests and shit like that, but or who knows, we do. Um, <laughs> But the thing is, is that you have cell phones, you've got cars, you have planes, you have time, you know, an actual wristwatch, you have phones, all these different things. You're going to towns as opposed to, you know, going to the fantastic castle in the sky or getting the MacGuffin that's down in the dungeon or something like that. So it's kind of cool to not have to suspend your belief to think that orcs are flying and stuff, but rather you've got somebody that's on a 50 cal that's embedded in somebody's garage and he's not even looking. He's just firing right through the garage or, you know, just taking you out because something's crawled into his ear and is now controlling him to mm -hmm. lay waste to the whole neighborhood where you could almost, you could think of that kind of fear and say, yeah, you know, I can almost mentally see that that's unnerving. Whereas, you know, it'd be hard to say, well, I'm thinking of a Remoraz popping out of the ice. Well, that's that's a great picture or a great cartoon or something like that. But to actually visualize the, the other things, you know. Yeah, totally. It's pretty cool. Anything else, boys? No, no, this is good. I, I'd Judy, like what's your take on this system really quick before we say goodnight? I like it. I'm in the same boat. It's it brings out a more realistic uh, fear and presence over everything. I mean, it's a little more relatable, like you were saying. You could imagine someone plowing into the thing, or you could imagine putting yourself in 
think everyone's seen enough scary movies to see, you know, things come out of the drain and, and have that frightful fear in you of the unknown. You're like, what the hell is that thing? You know, like now I got to check my shower drain every time I go in there to <laughs> make sure nothing's coming out. I'm glad to hear that. That makes me happy. Um, do you have a preference between sword and fantasy or, or this? I haven't been playing it nearly as long as you guys have. So even with the fantasy, I've still, what, like a couple years, maybe like six or seven years now. You're not a rookie, though. I mean, you're you're way still, more than seasoned. I still en enjoy both. I, I still enjoy that's playing good. either one because I, I, I feel like I haven't been burnt out on fantasy. I, I still like it. There's a lot of things, even with Pathfinder now, like even reading the locations, the the lore of areas and stuff like that. It's like, I could still enjoy it because I could still imagine it myself. Well, we are going to finish blood Lords. There's no doubt in my mind. I just want to get these three APs out. And then what we'll do is we'll go for like another 10 episodes of blood Lords and then we'll do something else and then we'll go back. So even yeah, it's though, a good transition, it's a good break between both. So we don't get yeah. completely burnt out. Exactly. And I think that's important because I think that, there were times that I was running Blood Lords or I'd run Dragon's Demand, and then I would take a, a side venue to do something on here, whether it was Victim of the Art or Under a Pale Moon or, or whatever else, and then get back into Blood Lords again. And it, there was just like a bunch of stuff that was going on at the same time. I just want to be able to mentally devote my time and have you guys not think about, oh, wait, we don't have this initiative aspect in this game. We actually have something else or... I can't make a perception check. I have to do a hum int check or whatever, or the other way around. We don't have hum int in Pathfinder. We have this. So, you know, sense motive. I would just, I think it's, it's easier if we stay on one point for a little while and then, I don't know, it's just for the me. other. Yeah. Good we'll times. Just, yeah. Good times. <laughs> well, shit guys. Thanks for joining me ever so briefly. Always no good problem. to catch up. Yeah, I'll get caught up with Sam and Tony some point this week, and uh, we'll be back on on our regular uh, scheduled evening. Looking Same forward to program. the next one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, brothers. All right. Have a good one. Yep. We'll talk next week. Sounds great. All right. Good night, brothers. You're smooth. Yeah, smooth and silky. <laughs> yeah. So how's the brothers doing? I missed doing us last right? week. Yeah, I missed you guys too. I was up playing soldier. Camp slow. Solia. Mm-hmm. That was fun. If nothing else, I got 12 hours of mandatory continuing legal education credit, which I really enjoyed because... Uh, it wasn't a wasted of three days. So that worked out. Well, that's good. Like I was telling Tom before you jumped on, Sam, it's been hot as hell out here. And uh, I bet I am wiped out. Could go for a nice nap, but instead <laughs> I'll just have to refresh myself. Some apple juice. Oh, yeah. So my brothers, they're doing well, right? Yeah. Doing so I figured great, man. what we're going to do. And I already ran Chris and Junior through the same same kind of thing. 
is I want to basically you ran them through. I ran them through. <laughs> Double fist and elbow deep. <laughs> That's for all you podcast addicts out there. <laughs> um, what I want to do is I'm going to get your perspective from the agent's perspective and then also from the player's perspective on how how things have been going, where you think it is going towards, and uh, just kind of get your overall assertion of what's going on. So, Yeah, we're screwed. Yep. And uh, as a player, uh, Adesso screwed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. being hit <laughs> by a blob for more than half the hit points just out of the can is uh, a little daunting. And then I'm thinking, how effective would it be to start shooting at this thing? It's a blob. I'm thinking maybe a chemical agent, like a fire extinguisher or something else, maybe more effective. But now I'm like, what else would we do? So, well, they say point, a lot of, lot of, Fatal abs- abs- uh, accidents happen in the bathroom, and that's true in Delta Green as well. <laughs> well, let oh, me yeah. lead us in first, and then we'll go ahead. We'll go from there. All right, it'd be cool. All right, hold on. All right, now go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, he just left. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I don't know. Somebody's calling me. I just turned the ringer off though. But greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard Twenty Podcast. It is uh, your trusted hand, Brian? With me, my hard slingers of yore. Samwise, Tone Dog, playing yeah. Agent Ichimura, Ichimaru Kimura. <laughs> God, I hate that freaking name. And Agent Pauli Adesso. Respect. Just say Ichi. 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 Uh, really quick before we begin, guys, my fellow slingers out there, we're not seeing the number of subscribers we'd like to see over on our YouTube channel. So please, if you just found the show and are enjoying it, or if you've been a longtime listener and haven't done so yet, please hit that subscribe button and leave a comment. It really does help. And I reply to all those comments. So with that out of the way, and my cat's still crying behind me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, that's just like a wide open area for a joke relying upon 35 years of friendship. And uh, you may have to edit this out, but it, it's not unknown for us to have Ryder have some whining p- in the background. Jesus, now I really got to <laughs> fucking edit this out. <laughs> so anyways, basically what I wanted to do this evening for this uh, this portion of this extended episode that we will have is kind of get your feel on on what brought each and Polly to Groversville and how... Uh, how you proceeded with your investigation, where you think the investigation is going to go, as well as your part of the investigation when you went to the Spivey residence. And here from both sides as well, like from the player side, as well as from the character side. Yeah, go. go ahead. <laughs> well, I usually let you uh, take the lead, Adesso, and then I'll, uh, you know, chime in with some color commentary. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, with respect, when we went to Spivey's place, that was pretty cool because we were able to flesh out some of the things that we didn't we didn't know. For instance, how tight were these two? Did they really? Or wait a minute, Spivey. I'm trying to remember who Spivey is now that I've said it. Just walked right into that, didn't I? Billy Ray Spivey. Yeah. I like how you were just vamping like a kid who doesn't know his book report. And you're just like, so well, with Spivey, I think uh, Spivey is <laughs> very Spivey. <laughs> That's right. So we go check on Spivey. We, we see his home life. 
he's he's not doing very well. His home life is just kind of whatever. But he was a good kid, no problem. He disappears, and it would, it really threw me off that our people called up the parents and then told them that Spivey was dead. Because well, you know, they we only contacted one parent because the what? father was already demised. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But the mom gets told that her son's dead, and. You know, as Agent Odessa sitting there going, um, I just talked to him. So either he's dead or they fed this guy a bill of goods. And if he's dead, we need to know why and what happened. So I guess we should have worked that into our investigation. We could have called back to headquarters and said, did you guys kill him? And if he didn't kill him, how did he die? And who's watching him when he did die? Um, on the other hand, we also know now that it's not a, we're not expecting something to come out of him like the hidden. Remember that where that, or even alien, where the thing goes down his throat, lives in his chest, and then he explodes. We don't expect that to happen here because it looks like the proto-matter is from external, probably grafted itself onto him, and uh, maybe burning so many calories that he just hadn't had a go yet because it's consuming all the matter and all the, uh, all the calories and water and anything else and converting it directly to muscle mass and and bone tendons and other things therefore there's no waste yet or not enough to be waste or it's super efficient that it doesn't generate any waste but it's unlikely but that that's what was going through my mind and here that he was dead that was a problem here that he'd been killed that's another interesting matter we'll have to take a look at that i still think he's got something inside of him and i'm not going to rest until he either pukes it or shits it out we'll figure that out later, though. <laughs> shit weasel yeah if he's not going to have a uh uh you know a, a mouth uh taking something down to drink then we'll have to go the other way and you got to wonder if there might be another uh agenda on derringer's end to to bring that forth sick. to miss spivey whether or not uh her son was dead you know, they're, maybe they're already laying the groundwork for his demise or to sequester him or whatever they're, they're planning to do. Or maybe he is dead. Who knows? Yeah, I That's think he's still, thing, right? they just captured him and then they're just saying that he's dead and they'll produce a body later. Well, at the end of the it's day, cleaner. we may need to clean our area and we may need to clean all the people who are involved. So it's entirely possible that if he's not dead, he will be soon. So cleaning the area and all those involved may be just part of what's going on and they just came a little ahead of it because how would he explain himself he shows up and let's say something's been grafted to his body and he's got no memory of it and then he goes out to another doctor beyond our control or starts doing experiments somewhere else blood tests and things and his tissue gets out i mean as, as delta green how would we control that and the answer would be well he doesn't leave he's it's now the Hotel California. He's checked in, but he ain't checking out. Yeah, yeah and we... Go ahead, Ryder. Sorry. I was gonna, no, I'm just going to build on that, but go ahead, Sammy. I was going to say that I think we're the ones that effed up by saying that he was alive when, you know, they had already communicated that he was dead. We never cleared that with Derringer or anything like that. They never said we informed the uh, the parents that he's dead, so... Well, no, we didn't inform them that he was alive. We just we came did. out to the place. No, no, did we? Yeah, we're the ones that said we just got done something like talking to your son. And she's like, what? I thought he was dead. So no. we kind of opened up that can of worms. Oh, 
might I believe and listen to it. I don't remember that. Yeah, I believe that's what we did. That's why we were backpedaling because they had already told her, told her that he was dead, and we're the ones that said he wasn't. Well, that information can be found in episode three of our Convergence run through. Okay, we fucked that up because we didn't know things change. <laughs> oh, it's not like we got to work. They all got to be cleaned up anyway, so it's not like they're going to blab or anything. Well, that's interesting. Do they need to be cleaned? And do we need to have, what is it, Angel Spivey? Do we need to have her killed? I don't think so. She didn't see anything. Her kid disappeared. Not up to us. Well, if we you were know, making We're going to go back. Well, yeah. Like everything that we've done so far, in the the one with, uh, sorry, we keep forgetting the name, the victim of the art, is that it, Ryder? With the Camaro and all that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, they didn't have to clean up that family, and they sure as hell took them and made the parents like bad parents and send the kid off to some <laughs> whatever it was foster home or something no think, at uh, the at the end of the victim of the art is that it or no yeah uh i think it was something similar to that i'd have to listen to the beginning of sweetness because there was some kind of an arson fire oh, i, I believe that took place at that house okay. and and everybody perished the mother yeah that, the okay. father and, was, and the it, yeah and you're thinking sweetness of the, is the one i was thinking of sorry. yeah exactly um but yeah that's how they they cleaned up a, a victim of the art <laughs> but I'm not yeah, we basically we just need to survive <laughs> but you you have an ally now joe krista so oh hey, he's gonna help us out big time yeah he's gonna be the first to go <laughs> yeah, joe krista is gonna have to be clean because if he sees that blob coming it's gonna be a problem Assuming he makes a sanity check and doesn't go bonkers anyway. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he may need to. Yeah. So, but, uh, so where do you think that your investigation is going to lead you? I mean, do you have your, your groundwork laid out on where you want this to go? Yes. Or are you just, you're still going to kind of wing it? Cause I know you're supposed to hook up with the other two agents at the, uh, Merle's country bunker. Well, now we yeah. know that the problem is the blob. Where it came from, we don't know. But currently, it's at the um, it's at the other house. So we can cordon that house off. Either we're going to clean it, or maybe we can grab it for study. I don't know. Probably not. But now we know where that's the problem is. So everything else is now going to be extraneous. Well, Coldwell and um, Rice are... Now they're just gathering the information, but by process of elimination, we've eliminated. We don't need. We no longer need to run over there. I mean, one of the big areas that I want to investigate was the reservoir, because all the things happened at the reservoir. But now with the the creature in the house, I, mean, I don't know if we need to go to the reservoir. At least not yet. Ultimately, we may have to. What if it's this is only a part of a bigger whole? Yeah. The uh, to, in, in my thoughts right now, the thing that you encountered in the bathroom is like residual either the kid went in there and showered or shit something out whatever it was um that's like a that's a side thing i don't think that's the main thing the main thing is who grafted all this onto him and all that and while it would be convenient that merle who has like you know 12 buildings in this town i think he's gonna be just like a a, a distraction that we're going to waste time shabooming, shabooming around with him, <laughs> Mr. Wesley. And I think that's, you know, that, I think that's a, like a side thing. I, I doubt that he is this kingpin and 
link to it at all, but maybe. But yeah, everyone's got a hard on for fucking the reservoir and the quarries and shit like that. I think we've seen too many movies and stuff like that. I don't know if it's leads to there, you know, it may though. I mean, it seems like a, a nice plot device there, but everyone's got What's a hard on for that reservoir. <laughs> well, there's a, it's the common nexus. All the kids were hanging out there. Yeah. Well, they, they, they still do hang out there. at the Nexus. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> they <Yeah>. still <laughs> do hang out at the Reservoir. In fact, uh, I had mentioned uh, to Weaver on the previous one of these that, because he was he was talking about the Reservoir, I said, well, yeah, most likely, I mean, if you're going to be looking for these other teenagers, that would be your best bet to mm -hmm. find them. And somebody somebody went off with the the old mine quarry. I don't remember who. The quarry, who, yeah. Yeah, who focused in on that? So, yeah, but, I think I think that uh, that the kids there, maybe somebody, some something was watching them. They're like, "Oh, these kids!" and nabbed old Bud when he was like slacking or something. And uh, yeah, if the kids are still going there, like maybe he was also maybe it's like Creep Show too. He was swimming, and there was something in the water that got him. You know, I don't know. Well, that makes the well, most sense mechanically, right? If this this thing is obviously. Obviously, old time something. It's not from the planet, or if it is the planet, it's, it's something different. So where would it come from? If it came from the sky? No, we'd have got no reports of anything falling out of the sky. Okay, so it came from the planet. Well, you got big holes in the ground. Oh, that's a good place to start, because unknown things often can come out of holes in the ground. So we got two big ones, a reservoir and a mine. Those are the most yeah. logical places to come from. I mean, and cattle mutilation and all that shit. Yeah, you so gotta remember that missing. Billy Ray went missing when he was on his way back home from his girlfriend's house late at night by himself. It's most unlikely that he went and stopped off at the reservoir to have a late night swim by himself. Unless it was he, a horror movie, then he would have. <laughs> <laughs> Put on his he fake boobies and go for a swim. Before. Yeah. <laughs> If it's in the water, that makes sense, right? It's in the water. It's hibernating on his skin. He goes and sees his girlfriend, and then he's driving back, and then it overwhelms him, and boom, he's gone. Yeah. And then he shows up again, which is really unusual, you know. With and she's pregnant. And everything else. So she's gonna have like a little fucking Jello baby coming out. Yeah. A Jello weasel. <laughs> Not to mention, it's also interesting because. If he had contact with her while he was infected, did he pass anything on to her? Because she's missing too. Yeah. So we got, there's all kinds of neat things to figure out here. But the path of the investigation I see is, okay, we've got a piece, okay, a piece now instead of the whole thing. Then where's the whole thing come from? If it's coming out of the sewers, all right, let's find out where the sewers go. Where's the water source from? Where does the sewer drain to? Does this town have its own water treatment plant, refuse reclamation? Does it drain to the ocean, the river, what? We'll have to find out and go from there. If yeah. we're thinking <clears throat> that's the most logical way for it to move around or at least hide, grow, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like, a, remember in the old Jurassic Park book where they're on like some island, Costa Rica type thing and the kids got attacked by these little little dinosaur things this is in the story not the movie yeah what are those things called again um, yeah well they uh, they uh to me i think that's what the little shit weasel in the in the bathtub is is like a thing that spawned from a larger place that's what you're thinking 
is what you're dealing with with that. Well, I'm thinking it's a it's like a remnant of something larger that either got out or got chopped off or got shit out if it was inside of him. I don't know. And you got to think of the possibilities that you saw this thing ooze out of the drain and reformulate, deal with you, and then ooze its way back down past the drain. It's probably not still sitting there. Who knows? Maybe it is, but... If it has that, that kind of viscous ability of moving, it's probably, it could be at the neighbor's drain at this point. Only one way to find out. Uh, each the, goes to the bathroom to take a number two. Yeah. Well, in the, in the what, tub. Uh, that clip, you know, you take off and nuke the whole siphon over. The only way yeah. to be sure. Yeah. The fun thing is about this Delta Green, and maybe we need to figure out a way to make that more into play. It's like, I don't even consider the other people i figure they're all going to be greased and i don't i'm not going to worry about trying to save them or anything like that at the end if i can save them before and say you need to leave town and why don't you take the family and go into some hotel or go out of town and go to your house like just get them out of there then that's great but if you know i, I figure anyone that we come in contact with or touch they're going to get a derringer to the head <laughs> now when we left off each had put Adesso in the car. It was kind of bruised up in the midsection. <laughs> and uh had to buckle him for him. <laughs> yeah, you had to buckle him up. But I mean you you as you were feeling his his tendered chest and, and body, you started like getting a little uh getting a little antsy. Maybe I got a thing some. for Italian men. Yeah. <laughs> that have been <laughs> whose meat has been tenderized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious to see where that's going to go. And hopefully he doesn't have a heart attack and die. Well, you cardiac bruising, who knows? Well, where are you? What are, what are your plans? Or do you want to keep kind of keep those close to your chest of where you're going to be driving at this point? We're going to meet them, right? We're going I to mean, meet the you, other agents. You want to go meet them with Odesso the way he is, right? Well, we can take can them to a hospital. It. And they said, and you said what? A hospital is one to three hit points no it, it will points? take time but he'll get the full four well a full four so either way it's not bringing him back up all the way and we have to be we're on a time limit with these guys too right you know, not necessarily the sheriff's time limit but our delta green timeline yeah you'll be on so, your own time limit yeah so we don't have time to have nurse adesso not nurse, but you know what I mean? Take care of him and all that other than what we can do in the field, right? Candy striper um, Odesso. Reporting yeah, so for duty. He'll just be hanging out in the back with his, you know, his gun ready. So sharpshooter there can take care of it. But, you know, there's not much we can do. Well, we, if we get somebody who's got some emergency medical training, an EMT, uh, somebody like that, or a licensed vocational nurse, somebody in town that's got medical experience that can get him. I mean, practically speaking, it's just in game terms, it's just a couple hit points, but it's really more of a stabilization thing. So as long as he doesn't get worse, he'll be fine and he'll make the slow recuperation. So yeah. it's well, I think currently close you're not to gonna... six o'clock at night, too, for you guys. So finding someplace that may be open. In fact, I don't remember in fucking dog patch or whatever the name of this town is. You know, it's like Merle's candy striper heaven. Maybe he has some nurses there. He can help you. Yeah. And it's a. Uh... What day is it? It's a it's a Monday, I believe. You might be able to find someplace that might be open, like a like a vet, maybe cinch you up. 
It just it also go back to the uh, to the previous place where Derringer is and all that. Maybe they can do something there. But that's hours. That's like four hours away. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like any, any of our choices is going to take away time, and that is what is of the essence at the moment. Almost just in buy him a bus ticket, <laughs> put him on a bus. Yeah. In all candor, all he needs is a painkiller. Because I'm thinking, what, at the most he's got broken ribs, and you can't do anything with broken ribs anyway, because it was blunt force contusion. So if the internal organs are intact, and you're right, vet should be able to determine that because we could use their x-ray machine. If he's good, then it's just make him comfortable and tape his ribs up. That's all they can well, do. Yeah, that's well, all they would do anyways. We're yeah. like, you know, as a min-maxer in this thing, the handler, the GM, did not say that you're losing hit points by the hour. He didn't, yeah. you know, elude that if you don't get treatment, you're going to start losing hit points. It's like you took a big hit, and now you're basically 100%, which is less hit points. You know, it's not like yeah. you sprained an ankle or snapped an arm or anything like that that would preclude you from acting exactly how you would. It's just now you just have to be careful like to not get hit. Yeah. And when he gets some rest, he'll get he'll get one hit point back from one night's sleep. Every night that he sleeps, he gets another hit point. So, yeah. So I mean, that's what I mean. It's like if we're looking at this as just playing the game, you just have less hit points right now. It's not like you you need to remedy something or your leg's gonna fall off. You know, it's like no, you're fine. That's good. Simplify it. That's correct. I like it. Now, if we can get you more hit points, that'd be better. But it if we be. can't. Yeah, we can break into a pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that they have rules for if you take stimulants to help accentuate your your abilities or keep you awake longer. But then I think at the end of a certain amount of time, you start feeling the detriments to that, and it starts causing your you exhaustion or or focus, lack of focus, things like that. So, yeah, but that should. It sounds like a problem, but an easily remediable one. So, yeah, the, I guess the best thing would do would be to link up with the other agents, make Odessa as comfortable as he can, and then continue to move on our plan, which is, okay, we found a piece of it. We'll have to lay over the town again and try to figure out the most likely place where this thing is going or where it may likely end up. Mm -hmm. And we just let a, let Derringer know that this house had some kind of thing in it. And if he wants to send some people over covertly to check it out, he can. And I'm, I'm curious to see if eventually the four of you get back together and continue your investigation that way, or if you maintain a level of separation to, to cover more ground. No, this is all leading to one spot. So I think we're all going to have to come together eventually. I think we reconnoiter or reconvene or whatever that word is at you know, Merle's grub bucket, whatever it's called, the shit shack. What is it again? The, <laughs> the, the country uh, bunker. The gospel and grub. Um, so <laughs> we meet there. Bucket. Yeah. Um, yeah, we go there and we, you know, exchange information and all that. And maybe someone else will have a fresh take on it because, I mean, obviously the other players are hearing us and seeing what we're doing. But as our characters, they don't know what's going on. So we Yeah, they're out of the loop on all that stuff. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. other than you guys laughing at some of the other stunts that each of you pull with your NPCs yeah. as well, uh, mm -hmm. you yeah. guys are still Aside from a, yeah, Coldwell roughing up the the <laughs> fucking dude, Todd, Todd, <laughs> Todd, is, yeah. So sit down, yeah. Todd. Whoa. <laughs> now we're gonna handcuff you. Whoa! What the hell? Yeah. What the hell's right? 
Oh. Well, that I think that uh, that should do it for giving me a little bit of insight and giving our listeners a little bit of insight. Of course, I'll probably have to do a little bit of editing on this one, but uh, not yeah. a big deal. Not a big deal. Five o'clock. Gotta handle, handle that cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, say goodnight, my fellow slingers, until Sunday. Goodnight, my Sunday, fellow brother. slingers. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We also have a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally... Join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.